This is ContactTalkRadio.com. Consciousness in action. And you are taking action into your consciousness by tuning into Contact Talk Radio. And on TuneIn.com, Hing.fm, and Upsnap Mobile. Contact Talk Radio. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. So for now, hey, our fearless friends, here's Lisa Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so very much for joining me, rejoining me again on this lovely Friday morning. My name is Lisa McDonald, host of Living Fearlessly with the Contact Talk Radio Network. Listenership spans to 145 countries, 220 TV radio terrestrial satellites, and the potential for millions of iTunes downloads. So once again, we are joined by yet another phenomenal guest. Who is my guest of this Friday? Well, what I can tell you is Kelly Hoey is the author of Build Your Dream Network, January 2017, Tartar Perigee. Kelly has been lauded by Forbes as one of five women changing the world of VC entrepreneurship to Fast Company, one of 25 smartest women on Twitter, to Business Insider, one of 100 most influential tech women on Twitter, and Inc., one of the 10 most connected people in New York City's startup scene. EBW 2020 included Kelly on their list of the 100 most influential global leaders empowering women worldwide. If you would have asked Kelly back in 2009 if she believed any of those descriptions would be used within a few short years to describe her, she just might have said, are you kidding me? Kelly's career story is one of transformation. Her career started out traditionally with a law degree and a job in a big Toronto City law firm. She continued along a predictable career path until a chance opportunity landed in her lap in 2009 and she stopped playing it safe, leaping at the chance to work with a visionary leader of a global business network for women. Co-founding a startup accelerator, then an interim CMO role, with an emerging tech company are just part of her journey of reinvention as an author, as a writer, creator, and investor. She has appeared on CNBC's Power Pitch, moderated a speaker series at Apple, and more. Today, Kelly is a sought-out speaker, plus a contributor to publications such as Go Banking Rates and Forbes.com, and guest host of the Business Builder Show with Marty Wolf podcast. Welcome to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Kelly, how are you? I am well. And, you know, if there's any background noise, I apologize. I'm actually home in New York City, and New York is being at its finest with jackhammers and <laughs> sirens today. That's okay. I heard that, and I, I assumed it was on your end. But uh, we're between the network, yourself, myself, we're all over the world. This is global. These things happen, so we're just going to roll with it. 
but Kelly, I just want to say it's such a treat to finally have you here on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. We had initially connected with one another quite some time ago and coordinated this being the day that we were going to roll out the show. So I just want to say for as extremely busy as you are, as successful as you are, and how many pots you've got your hands in, thank you for taking time out for myself, the listeners, and the podcast subscribers. I want to say you're only successful, as you well know, when you show up every day and, and chat with people who excite you. And I'm, I'm just thrilled we're having this conversation. Well, me too. I echo your sentiments. So thank you. So, Kelly, people who follow me, which I am very grateful for, know that my approach to these interviews, it's very organic. Uh, it's unscripted. I think it makes for a much more authentic conversation. But the one thing for the benefit of the listeners and the podcast subscribers that I'd like to start out with in rolling out the show is what was the specific cathartic aha awakening moment for you, which catapulted you into an intuitive knowingness for your transformational journey outside of the opportunity itself, which I cited in the bio? Woo. Um, well, there's been there's been several. Um, I think you know one that I think of Lisa is when Janet Hansen, the founder of Eighty Five Broads, and that was the visionary leader you referred to, mm-hmm. when she offered me the opportunity to become the first president of that network, and I was hesitating, and someone said to me, Kelly what's the worst that can happen? And the person who said that was someone I was working with at a time in a a global law firm. She's like, what's the worst that can happen? You can come back to this job. And it was truly like, oh, (laughs) right. I have a marketable skill set that is still relevant. And, you know, funny thing happened, you know, uh, when I was right, I was in the process of writing Build Your Dream Network and I got a call from a headhunter who was looking to fill a similar position. And you know, it was like the universe reminding me, you still have a marketable skill set. You will not be a bag lady. Keep pushing forward. (laughs) Love it. So I I have to roll with this. How many lawyers does it take to change transformation? (laughs) (laughs) There's, there's, there's not enough in the world. (laughs) Right. Right. Oh well, my God! They'd have they'd have to document it and paper it, and <laughs> litigate it, and debate it, and, and then go back and revise it. Oh yeah, no, no, no. I, I mean, I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm so I'm so indebted to my legal career. It started in uh, well UBC Law School, but uh, the it started in Toronto, and you know, being part of a legal system when you come out of law school that had institutional mentoring, and mm. we both know the importance of having people, whether it's peers or more experienced professionals guiding your career and caring. And there's something about that, that, that is sort of carried through my entire career. Well, and that's a pivotal key point that I want to spend a little bit more time talking about. So I appreciate you raising that, particularly for the benefit of the listening audience, uh, Kelly, because, you know, it really is important. I mean, it doesn't matter how successful we are. It doesn't matter our innate, inherent uh, believability or deservability concepts that we hold for ourselves to up your game, to get out of the arena of playing small and losing who you are in this world, because it really is a miracle to even be here. So to define or to 
acknowledge or to embrace what one's purpose is, knowing that the collective stands to benefit from your imparted message, your plight, your mission, it really is important to align yourself with mentors, people who have not only done what you've done, but have done it at a higher level, have done it so successfully, and learned from the best, because that's how you up your own game and, and truly show up not only for yourself and for other people as the true best, most improved version of who you are each and every day. And is that not really the goal? Um, absolutely. And But you also hit it when you said, you know, to be part of the collective. I mean, it's one thing to expect the collective, the community to give to you. But if you're not contributing to that community, like, you know, I'm kind of put up, want to put up the, sto the stop sign, like, hold on, you have mm -hmm. to be part. And the whole idea, you know, people who often attribute to their, their success just to their own actions. You know, that's another one you got to put up a big stop sign on. It's like, hold on a minute. We get where we get in life through the assistance and the help of others. You can have a big dream. You can want to make big contributions. But if you're not helping other people get to their dream, I mean, yes. good luck. Good luck. Good luck to you. You know, or so I like to see. You know, ideas without a network are just ideas. You know, goals without a network are, are just goals. You get there with community. And we we do cling to that solo journey, you know, that, mm -hmm. that hero's journey on their own. It's like, you know, Dorothy had her little, you know, her, her colleagues. She didn't just have some fancy red shoes, you know, to get back <laughs> home. Like, let's be honest here. Oh, I love that. That's hilarious. So, you know, I would be interested to know how have your transferable skills, Kelly, as a once upon a time lawyer and the lawyer is always in you and you can reactivate that uh, aspect of who you are in your professional journey anytime. But how have the specific transferable skills of being a lawyer made you step up your own game in terms of what it is you're now doing and for how we would glean your journey and the trajectory of where you're going and, and what you've already aspired to do? Well, I mean, there's some really practical pieces of it. When I was given the deadline for uh, submitting the manuscript for my book to mm -hmm. my publisher, I had four and a half months. And my um, real, I like to say my real writer friends, um, they were... <laughs> they were freaking out. They were like, you need more time. You've got to tell them you need an extension. And my lawyer brain clicked in immediately. And I said, no, the client has given me a closing. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know how I'm going to make that date, but I will make that date because that's sort of the muscle memory from being a lawyer. But I take a big step back when I think about being a lawyer. I chose to go to law school coming from a family that um, there was an expectation of not only an undergraduate, but a professional degree. And I chose to go to law school because, uh, well, you know, the work and the blood involved with an MBA or, you know, a doc, you know, going to become a doctor or a veterinarian like my father was not in my DNA, was not going to happen. <laughs> so, so law was the default. And it's probably also why I'm a big proponent of education. I mean, I went to school in Canada and higher education, uh, public school was, you know, excellent and higher education was affordable. So the law, legal education was for me by default, but what did I get out of it? I mean, critical thinking, problem solving, communication, like yes, all those soft skills that the world is like flipping out on that we don't have, no human beings have anymore. That was um, the basis of, of I want to say, my, my education and my training. I happened to apply it to law for 11 years, but that 
um, way of approaching the world, problem solving, questioning, looking for the facts, being able to parse things out, coming up with solutions, sometimes coming up with solutions that, you know, are the most practical, maybe not necessarily the most desirable. So those, that training is, I've been able to apply it in so many different ways, you know, let alone the business development skills, because of course, lawyers, uh, well, at least at the time when I came out of law school, you know, attorney advertising rules prevented you from marketing. So no billboards, no, you know, mm-hmm. chasing ambulances and doing all that kind of <laughs> stuff. So you had to you had to build a word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm thinking, you know, isn't that what everyone seeks to achieve now? You know, you want a word of mouth network, you want people talking about you and referring work back. And I'm like, well, that's what we had to do as lawyers because it was the only marketing outlet we were permitted by the law society. Interesting. Well, you've definitely honed it. You've mastered it and you've done a phenomenal job. So again, congratulations and kudos to you on all your successes because really it's a derivative of inner strength, uh, self-discipline, focus, and again, that fundamental core believability in yourself. And so when you cited the example of the four-month deadline associated with your book and what people were offering you in the way of suggesting that you request uh, an extension, I want to say kudos on you because once you get very clear on your non-negotiables and once you define something as it's already a done deal and you've already manifested it you've put it out there it's just about catching up in real time so that you can say okay yeah I did it I honored the agreement I honored my commitment to saying I was going to show up and I was going to produce and that's really part and parcel of being a top executor which you are Uh, and you I also want to go back and revert to something that you said which I talk about quite often with my guests of each week is the importance and the lost art of soft skills, you know, because it doesn't matter what the vocation is or the trade or the skill that people are aspiring to do from a vocational standpoint. We can learn, we can be trained, we can master, we can get a degree, we can get a whatever. But if you don't have the soft skills in terms of interpersonal relationships, you know, having that critical thinking ability, honing those particular types of muscles communication wise, really being a good receiver on the receiving end of communication, um, you know, good luck to you. It doesn't matter how great your book might look or uh, how successful, in your case, a lawyer you might be. But if you haven't incorporated or understand the imperativeness of soft skills, it's going to be a very lonely journey for anybody who's traveling this planet. Well, I think in a world that is so digital now, we we, yes. need, we, we need we need like soft skills on crack because you have to decipher, <laughs> you know, right? Like, ser- like you, you get it. Like, because all of a sudden it's like, oh, like the, you, not just sort of like brush aside the nuance of an email. You really got to get into it because that may be your, your entry point for knowing someone. And mm-hmm. so you really got to have those soft skills like at, at just such a higher level um, because our human contact in our first communications may be entirely digital. I mean, an example I frequently use, the paperback edition of Build Your Dream Network, which came out in 2018, has a foreword. Not that I don't like people buying the hardcover, but you know, get the get the paperback because it's got a foreword. The hardcover doesn't. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, and the, hard, the paperback uh, foreword is written by the author Tom Peters, who was co-author of the uh, best-selling book In Search of Excellence, amongst other numerous titles. Mm-hmm. And Tom is a mentor. Tom is a dear friend. And we've known each other for eight years. Most of our communications have been on Twitter. 
And it Mm -hmm. started on Twitter. And I want to say, if you have soft skills and realize that when you're on those platforms and you should just be human, Mm -hmm. like I'm feeling right now, you and I could be sitting in a coffee shop next to each other, like long lost girlfriends and having this conversation. So when you're bringing those skills into these new formats, new platforms, new mediums to meet other people, um, I think you're going to find that the outcomes for you are exceptional. If you treat them like marketing channels, if you are, I want to say, careless in the development of your soft skills, God bless, good luck to you. Really, like, seriously. <laughs> I love how you just get to the crux of it all. I love it. Um, well, truly, I mean, let's just be transparent and open book, right? Pun intended with the whole messaging behind how to shift the paradigm of what's no longer working for people, what is counterintuitive versus stepping into what is in fact intuitive. Because once you get, you figure out how to become aligned with people, the right people, no coincidence to this, Kelly, I talk about this continuously, the right people, the right opportunities show up and they show up in succession of one right after another. Mm -hmm. And so some people who aren't emitting that type of energy or don't subscribe to the ideology for all the things we're talking about here on the show, you know, they would look at that and they go, Oh, that person's lucky or that person wound up with a silver spoon or they just have good genes or they, you know, they've got good old money floating around or whatever, you know, people are so apt to, to presume that those are the essential core ingredients for what makes somebody so-called successful. And of course we know successful is a very uniquely defined, uh, term. And, you know, for me, I, I mean, never mind me, what does success mean to you, Kelly? Well, I want to go to, before I dive into that, I want yes. to, this, this whole part of like fortune and luck and whatever, like I am, I admit I'm fortunate. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, born born in Canada. You know, universal health care, good public yes. education system, affordable higher education. Um, born, you know, with all my capabilities, two legs I can walk on, eyes I can see from, ears I can hear from. Like, you know, so the, I already know that entering into life in many ways, I just massive good fortune. Um, mm-hmm. You know, something that a lot of people didn't have. And that gives you a, a huge step up in life. Mm-hmm. Um, then there's the element, I think, in terms of like luck, I always sort of say to people, you put yourself in front of opportunity. Yes. And and that is that clarity of the goal setting and the clarity of what your messaging is. Because one of my things when people are sort of like, oh, you had good luck or you know, right place, right time, it's like, no, I had absolute clarity on what I wanted to do. I had doubled down on that and I, I, I shared that message with the world. If I'm saying to people, oh, you know, I don't know what I want to do, people don't know how to help you. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if you're not, if you haven't, you know, shared with your network what your dreams and aspirations are, you know, they're not going to call up and say, hey, by the way, do you think you maybe want to write a book? Because I was sort of dreaming maybe you want. No, that's not going to happen, <laughs> right? And so when you say good for, and you know what, sometimes people say, oh, it was like the, for, you know what? Is it a surprise that certain people meet in locations when you sort of, you know, kind of dial it back and like, all right, who are the people sitting in business class on an airline? And there is a disadvantage at times, but, you know, there's a whole lot in the world. We talked briefly about digital, but there's a whole lot in the world where, you know, the democratization of access to people 
who you may not have sat next to on a business flight or run into, you know, at a super, you know, elite, you know, Mm -hmm. schmoozy cocktail party. But we can do that now because of platforms like Twitter or LinkedIn. Um, So, you know, this is that fortune and luck thing. I mean, um, I think those of us who have been fortunate need to recognize that we've kind of got, you know, got that step ahead um, on the, you know, kind of the big chessboard of life. Um, but after that, it's how we play the game um, and, and how we contribute and, and how we how we put that out there. Success for me really simply comes down to um, helping other su- people succeed. I am successful if I can help other people succeed. Um, I am like the world, one of these people who thinks the world just gets bigger and richer um, and more fun um, when other people are achieving their dreams too. So the notion of my success will take away from somebody else's success, the the notion that somebody else's success somehow diminishes my success is very, very alien to me. Um, Mm -hmm. And so what I try and do, whether it's through my book, my writing, you know, conversations like that is to share knowledge, share information so other people can achieve their dreams and whatever their definition of success is. Well, you said a couple things that I want to touch upon. I'm going to try and hold these simultaneous thoughts because you offered a lot of yumminess there that is worth delving back into for the listeners. So, you know, when you approach your life with the premise and the understanding and the perspective that we are truly only ever in competition with ourselves, then I think you're on the straight and narrow. Then I think you've understood what is really at at play here. Because if you're looking at what everyone else is doing and you're trying to somehow piggyback off of it, or you're trying to incorporate bits and pieces of someone else's jargon or branding or whatever, and I know it's very difficult to come upon an original thought these days, but if you're so centered and focused on you know, that person's seemingly successful, it's obviously worked for them, then I'm just going to copy piggyback off of them. One, you lose your own authenticity, you lose your own identity, people can't relate to that because you're a carbon copy trying to emulate somebody else as opposed to really at the crux of all of this focusing on recognizing, embracing, and admitting to the rest of the world, I am unique in my own right. I've got my own message. And although it might be similar to someone else's who might be a little bit more notable or worldwide known, uh, there's a way in which I can carve out space for myself. So I show out, I show up as the person who stands out for legitimate reasons, not carbon copy reasons. The other thing that you said to Kelly that I think I want to, I want to touch upon as well is going back to the discussion piece around fortune and luck. And it's truly, it's, you know, it doesn't matter how born into privilege or opportunities you might be that might be a little bit more advantageous as compared to somebody else. What kind of um, negates that is if you look at the people when we talk about success, when you look at the Tony Robbins, when you look at the Oprah Winfrey's, where is it that they started out? Impoverished homeless, you know, all kinds of isms thrown their way that and feeling marginalized and oppressed, you know, but people did not define themselves by that. They took the circumstances that they were born into. They made it work for themselves, knowing that they weren't the only but only person who suffered within those categories. And they took their pain and turned it into purpose. And I think that's the defining difference for what one's legacy ultimately becomes. 
One of the funniest moments I had was attending, you know, this whole notion of, um, you know, success and, you know, what's, mm-hmm. the key, what's the key to success? And it was at the World Business Forum. It was a conference that they would hold here in New York City, a Radio City musical. And Sir Richard Branson was the keynote. And so there I am in this, you know, Radio City musical and this sort of sea of mm-hmm. um, men in middle management. That's the best way to describe the audience. This is sort of the sea of like this sort of sameness, right? Okay, yes. and, I'm, and I'm sitting there and the moderator asked Sir Richard, they said, you know, what do you attribute your success to? And all of a sudden you could see the, from where I was sitting, you could see the entire, you know, I would say three quarters, you know, of that, that entire part of the audience in front of me, you could sort of see them sort of stiffen up and their shoulders back and their pins ready to get that nugget. <laughs> It was seriously comical. Like I do this, I just remember just like, it was almost like the wave, but sort of a straightening of shoulders, right? And Sir Sir Richard said, I came from a loving household. My mother believed in me. And I, and then you saw this deflation of all the shoulders. (laughs) And I just cracked up because I was like, yeah, that, that belief in yourself or knowing for some people, I think, you know, in, inherently they have a belief in themselves or they decide they're, that, you know, that, that with everything else that life throws at them, they're not, that's not going to knock them off. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then other people have someone who believes in them regardless of their mm-hmm. circumstances as, as um, unfortunate as they are, they, they still have someone believe in them. So they believe they can do anything. And I think that's really, really important. And, and you know, in my small way that maybe with people I mentor or other people I come, come in contact to, if they gain that or regain, because maybe we're all born with a belief in ourselves and the world knocks us out of it, knocks it, that you know, belief in ourselves out of us. You know, if I can help people get that back, you know what? Mm-hmm. Rock and roll. That, that would make my, make my day, make my year, make my life. Beautiful. So having talked just very briefly about legacy uh, and for what you just cited there, Kelly, is that how you wish to most be remembered? Oh, yeah. Somebody else saying, you know, they they achieve something or like I always imagine there's some young people I've met and they've just so inspired um, by what they're trying to achieve and what they're seeking to achieve. That's probably a better word, seeking mm-hmm. versus trying. Um, and I, you know, there's a few of them. I said, you know what, I'm going to be sitting there in the front row of the Oprah show and you're going to be tooting your success. And I'm just going to be sitting there glowing, knowing that you've made it. Um, Beautiful. I mean, doesn't I mean, doesn't the world just get bigger? Like, it, like seriously, I, and like the, the other, the, just that kind of vision. I mean, I don't want my legacy. You know, it's it's lovely that I've got the legacy of a book that's in the New York Public Library. Um, you know, maybe for some people, the legacy is you know money they leave their family, or maybe their legacy is just a tombstone. I'm like, no, other people carrying on um, that notion of of mentoring and bringing and pulling other people up. I'd much rather have that as a legacy than yes anything else. Well, and I think what you clearly embody with respect to the whole idea and the notion of legacy, Kelly, which I'm most impressed by at the human being level, level is the fact that you're cognizant consciously 
of how you will be remembered in the ways in which you execute every single day to pay it forward and to be of service to other people and to be a daily contributor to the overall benefit of all of humanity. Because oftentimes some people, they carve out, oh, well, when I'm retired, I'll start thinking about legacy. Or if I've uh, amassed a certain amount of wealth that's in my bank account, you know, that's when I start to become more cognizant and mindful of legacy. Or after I die, you know, whatever people think of me, that's up to them, that's on them, how they choose to remember me. But the fact that you're very consciously aware and tapped in to the decisions you make, the mindset that you've honed, and what you do that elevates other people's level of richness in their own lives, I love that about you. I really respect that about you. Well, I mean, it's how we show up every day. I mean, you think yes. about, or if you think of legacy like a building, I mean, are you laying the, you're laying the brickwork every day. So mm-hmm. to say you're going to change the foundation at some later point in time, that's all, a whole lot of recreation you've got to do rather than showing up every single day. And, you know, just listening is, and, and thinking about it, I was like, there was a wonderful image and it probably appeared on social media. And there was a young man riding the subway who was trying to tie his tie because he was going for a job interview and an elderly gentleman, probably a retiree, you know, stopped and said, here, let me show you how to do it. And let me do it for you so that, you know, you mm-hmm. nail the, jo- you nail the job. And I'm like, you know, that's the kind yes. of stuff, you know, how do you show up every day? Mm-hmm. Do you show up and, and, you know, ignore, do you show up and overlook, do you show up and snicker because someone can't cut, tie a tie or do you step in and say how do you how can I help you you know what can I do like how can I you know the difference you can make in someone's life and it may Mm -hmm. seem really little but it's the little things that add up yes showing up you know living your whole life and you know whatever way you do and then writing a big check because you know you die like well that's nice but Maybe people would have liked you to have been around and adding and contributing the whole time. And, you know, that's the way I think about networking. And I think maybe that's why I think, all right, networking doesn't need to be this separate other activity that we have to pull out every once in a while for, you know, business needs or good behavior or because you have, you know, uh, an urgency like landing a job rather than saying, how do you show up every day? And Mm -hmm. is it that hard to show up every day and be a decent person? Beautiful. Beautiful. Wholeheartedly subscribe to that, Kelly. Thank you for that. So let's talk a little bit about your book. Let's talk about, you know, for the feedback that I'm sure you've received from numerous people who have purchased your book, book signings, things of that nature. How is the the testimonials, the reviews, the feedback from what you've uh, received? How has that changed the trajectory from the reader standpoint, the person who thought, okay, this messaging at this point in time is resonating with me. This is the book I have to read. And do they follow up with you and tell you because of your book, this is what's now transpired in my journey? Oh, when I get those emails or or, or notes or messages, those make my day. When, when someone mm-hmm. is like, they've had their aha moment. When mm-hmm. someone realizes like for some people, I like to say I'm like Elka Seltzer for networking. Like they're like, oh, <laughs> you know, what a relief! I don't, I don't have to like, oh, it doesn't need to be this onerous, schmoozing, you know, kind of activity. Um, when they realize they're doing it already, when mm-hmm. they realize that, oh my God, I've got all the pieces. It's sort of like, you know, having everything assembled in front of you to, you know, like a recipe and, and like you've got all the ingredients, but you don't have 
like the formula and being handed that with my book. And they're like, oh my God, I realized I had it all. Mm. And, and now I know the order to do things because you showed me the pathway and here's what happened. And when I get those kind of feedback, I mean, you can just mm-hmm. hear my voice. I mean, I just, yes, I can. <laughs> I, I'm just like, yes, yes, go, go, go do more. And, and people are achieving more than I could ever have imagined. Um, and seeing them unlock their own power and potential, mm-hmm. it's like, it comes back to why'd you do this in the first place? It's like, Here's why, you know, That's seeing, right. seeing other people's success. Well, and what a full circle moment for you that must be each and every time that you do receive those types of testimonials, reviews and feedback. Yeah, it's, it is. And um, I, I did a, a webinar um, actually, you know, with, with Marty Wolf, uh, the host of the Business Builder Show. Uh, and um, he does an intentional networking class. And so I came in on one of the classes on a webinar with, with the group and just being able to see like the physical reaction when someone goes, oh, Right. Like mm-hmm. I don't have to. Ne- I'm, you know, I remember one gentleman was in the financial services wealth management. And when he realized he didn't have to network and build his relationships the way his colleagues were doing it, he wasn't a cold calling kind of person. He wasn't a walk into a room full of strangers, you know, make up, you know, small talk and handle business cards kind of person. And when he realized he was released from that paradigm and from, mm. That is the only concept of how you build relationships. Like you could just see it in everything about him. It was transformational. And just because part of this, and we've been talking about it, like how do you show up? And you can only show up in my mind in an authentic, genuine, enthusiastic way when you are pursuing something you want to pursue and you're doing it in a way that you can wholeheartedly bring your whole self to. And if those things aren't aligned, I mean, that's when you're going to get frustrated or you're going to give up or, you know, you're going to stop pursuing your goal at the at the earliest point, uh, which leads to more frustration and, mm-hmm. you know, it all gets circular. But when you when you're true to your purpose and you understand why you're doing it, and you've mapped out how this is going to happen. You can really assess and dive in and I want to say reach what it is you want to reach. Mm -hmm. So very true. And I would be remiss if I didn't use this opportunity with you, especially being on the airwaves as my guest today, uh, Kelly, for not thanking Marty Wolf. I I really owe him a huge uh, deal and debt of gratitude because it was because of him uh, who we both know in our own circles uh, that introduced you and I to make this interview even possible. So I just want to say thank you publicly here to Marty, who will tap into this once the podcast has been calibrated and released. So I just want to say to Kelly, I would like, love to give you the opportunity where for people who are tuning into this and eventually the podcast, how can they reach out to you for mentorship, to buy your book, uh, to connect with you if if what they've heard today here has resonated with them on some level that they want to play a bigger game or they just love your infectious energy and they know that you're going to be pivotal in their own personal growth, personal development journey. Um, best place to reach me is probably through my website, which is mm-hmm. j jkellyhoey.co. So jkellyhoey, and that's H-O-E-Y. Mm-hmm. Dot co. Um, and that has links to my social channels. It's got my blog. It's got information on the book. It's everything's right there. So that's probably the best place to find me. 
Beautiful. And although you are somebody who's clearly walking and talking in the breathing example of what it means to step into and, and, and to embody what living fearlessly means, I would be more interested in knowing what your definition of living fearlessly is, Kelly, and what your imparted nugget for the listening audience might be to help them be assisted in living fearlessly throughout their lives. You know, the way I have been able to live fearlessly, because, you know, as as we've already talked about, started my career as a lawyer, mm-hmm. talk about a risk-adverse profession, um, <laughs> <laughs> right? I would say a, a tra- mental training to avoid risk. The way I have positioned myself to take risk and to live more fearlessly is one, um, I want to say that constant learning, maybe that's another part of being a lawyer, that that building of my expertise, being ready to upskill and reskill and change my focus and knowing that I can't just say I want to do something, but I need to be, you know, delve into the knowledge of it um, and, and be an expert. So building that expertise, building and always having a network um, because we get things done with the help of, uh, of other people. And the third piece in terms of how I've been able to live far more fearlessly at this point in my life is building a bank account. And Mm -hmm. that's an element of financial, right? Like Mm -hmm. how are you living within your means? How -hmm. are you living in a way that enables you to do other things as opposed to living in a way that is constantly consuming Mm -hmm. um, and and therefore leaving you little, uh, I want to say, maneuverability? to get Mm -hmm. into something else. But the building of the bank account um, also is, you know, have you built relationships with other people that they will barter or exchange to help you get where you want to go? Because not all of us have had, you know, big, well-paying jobs. And not of us us have have had that opportunity to sock money away, whether it's for retirement or, as I like to say, the Yes Me Fund. Um, Right. You know, like, you know, like, hey, someone said, how did, how Kay, Kelly, who paid you when you were writing your book? And I'm like, I did because I've had, I've had my yes me fund and I've, you know, you may not want to be using your savings to pay your rent and your bills, but gosh, if it gets you where you want to go, it's good to have that kind of fund. Um, Mm -hmm. But some people haven't had that great opportunities, but you know, have you built relationships with people who may say, you know what, babysit my kids and I'll build your website or you want to start something in your, what's holding you back is not having an office. Great. Come and work out of a spare desk in my office. Like, have you, have you banked relationships? So they're willing to bank on you on, on resources and, and things you need. And you know what, the final piece, I think on terms of this living fearlessly, I think, you know, there's a benefit of hindsight and being 53 years old is there was a frustration for me earlier in my career. I wanted things to be faster. I wanted mm-hmm. them to happen faster um, in the kind of why were things happening for other people and not for me. And the reality was my career and my opportunities weren't supposed to start until later. Mm-hmm. And I'm having the career now that I always wanted. And the reality mm-hmm. is this is when I was supposed to have it. And, and I think I would have enjoyed my career earlier Maybe I would have taken some more risks. Maybe I would have been a little more fearless if I sort of had that, you know, the benefit of hindsight that the career was going to come and Mm -hmm. to enjoy and gobble up the stuff that wasn't going to last. I probably would have been greedier and hungrier about it if I had known that instead of being frustrated 
by, you know, um, not having the measures of success, but the measures of success I was measuring against were other people's success, not my success. Bingo. And you said something that I often talk about too. It's the hindsight connect the dots factor. And if people can just stick to, I believe in myself, I don't necessarily understand how this is all going to unfold for me. But if I keep taking actionable steps, if I keep thinking the right things, if I keep feeling the right things, aligning with the right people and continuously choose because it's a choice to put one foot in front of the other get, you know, be coachable, get mentors, align yourself with people who've done what you've, what you aspire to do. Then eventually you're going to get to a point as Kelly has cited just now where she can look back on her previous career, not taking away all the elements and aspects that she incorporated in going forward with the trajectory of where she is now today and being able to thank herself. But by you too, being patient with yourself and doing the right things, you will get to a point where it will make sense. You will be able to look back in retrospect with that introspective level of going inwards and going, you know what? I am so proud of myself. I am so glad that I decided not to quit myself. I am so glad I decided to show up for myself because by choosing to do so, I can now go, you know what? It was so well worth it. And I'm probably a much healthier, happier, financially better well-off person than I ever would have been doing the grind of of what wasn't serving me once upon a time. So thank you for using the word hindsight because I think that is key and I think it is pivotal. And the other thing that you said too that really impressed me, uh, which I subscribe to wholeheartedly, Kelly, is when you were talking about banking on relationships. And so for the examples that you cited, you know, again, you very much depicted to what degree you are a solution focused person. Because when you're talking about bartering, when you're talking about how can I reach and obtain uh, and help achieve the needs of other people, knowing they may not have the financial currency in which to uh, relate with me or co-synergistically collaborate with me, there's always a way, there's always a solution, but you have to be committed to the solution as opposed to being stuck on being problem saturated. So you're saying some really key things here that I hope will resonate with the listening audience here for the live show, but also for those who are tuning into the podcast play it back. I'm taking notes here as I listen to Kelly and I'm learning so much from, from Kelly and Kelly, you're always welcome to come back on living fearlessly. Oh, that would be like beyond an honor to, to come back. I mean, this is like, this is like having, you know, um, catch up with my long lost girlfriend. Yes. Um, like, like, so I'm just, you know, and what, you know, what, one of the things I want to sort of add on this, cause, um, again, I'm, I'm, looking at a very tattered copy of my book and I'm, I'm thinking about Tom Peters and he, he won't mind me saying he's 76. Mm-hmm. And, um, I have another friend who is in his, well, he's 80 and he's in the course of, of buying a business right now. Um, and I really, I want to say probably fell within that fallacy, uh, earlier in my career. It was like the best stuff happens to us. What between what age 21 and age 40 and life's supposed to be over. And I'm, <laughs> Because of, of um, I want to say, this broad swath of, of people that I hang with now, and particularly some much older people, um, that I really stand here and I'm thinking, oh, right, we've got this all wrong. You know, the best part of our, of our lives are not necessarily this 20 years behind us, but this 20 years in front of us. And I stand here now... Um, again, as I said, at age 53, and I'm not looking at 
the stuff behind me as being the best part of my productive, joyful, whatever years. And now, you know, boom, I'm on this slide down to, you know, the rest of my life. I'm like, oh, hell no, this is going to be the most productive time. And there isn't, you know, a finish line or a horizon on how and when we make contributions. And I really do take this different lens on it now because of people like Tom Peters, who is as prolific in his writing and speaking as he was, you know, when he put out In Search of Excellence over 40 years ago. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's really important for people to kind of, you know, if you start calibrating it in that way, you're like, oh, you know, maybe from 21 to 40 is the training ground for the good stuff that's going to come afterwards. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, live your life to the fullest knowing that, you know, not because more of us are going to have to work later in life, like, wow, more of us get to work later in life and add value. Like, yes, like how positive and great is that rather than saying, you know, we get put out to pasture, you know, like (laughs) old racehorses or the carriage horses that go around Central Park. It's like, no, we still get to add value. Like, like how great to still be enthusiastic about buying a company when you're 80 as when you were 38. Like, absolutely. I think think, great. (laughs) Well, and what I would like to add to that, so, I mean, the other thing that you just, you know, without saying it, you basically did, it's how you frame the message to yourself, right? You can look at something as half empty, or you can look at something as half full. But I think what underscores all of that is to what degree you're truly a grateful, optimistic, positive solution oriented person. But what I would like to add my two cents to, you know, for me, it's not even about age. I think the best part of our lives is when we choose to consciously awaken to wake up you know Mm -hmm. so if that happens for you at 20 or if that happens to you when you're 40 or it happens to you when you're 80 congratulations because some people go throughout the whole course of their here and now existence in physical form and uh they've never quite captured that they've never embraced that or they've never been attuned to paying attention to why that is so important and that could have really changed the whole aspect of their life, their legacy, uh, and and what their life consisted of that could have made them an even happier, more joy-filled, purpose-driven person. So, uh, yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, I, I'm thinking of one person in particular who was in my life for a very long time who uh, had an unfortunate uh, demise um, before, you know, kind of turning 66. And I think if he had had that message at a much earlier earlier point in his life he Mm -hmm. he would have had a much happier life and Mm -hmm. you're so 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 right on on that one Uh, you you know you this you know I want people to listen to our conversation over many and many and many times but when they get to this part I want them to rewind (laughs) and Mm -hmm. listen like like find your light find your like and and yes some people are going to search for it but if you're having these inklings if you're you know if you're questioning you know delve into that questioning if you are feeling stuck or if you're feeling um anger towards your situation like delve into that that pain or that darkness and figure out what it is so you can come through the other side Well, and I'm going to put my two cents on that one, too, because something I often talk about in my own speeches, my books and on radio with numerous guests uh, that I've been honored, like you having you here today, Kelly, you know, I've gotten exceptionally clear and quite masterful at how to turn shit into gold. you know, and I, I put it that that bluntly because that's really the, the, the message. I mean, we all 
particularly for this stage, age in our life, none of us come out unscathed. You know, whether you can relate to my particular circumstances for what my backstory was or Kelly's or anyone else who I've ever interviewed who has understood and tapped into or been exposed to pain, it's not about staying stuck there. It's about, okay, this is here to teach me something. I am here to become a more evolved person. And by choosing to step into that, I can then be here not just for myself and showing up as the best, most improved version of myself, but I can then through uh, being purpose-driven and oriented and solution-based, I can then help other people because we all as human beings know what it is at different times in our lives to feel invisible, to feel unheard, to feel invalidated, to feel on the outside of. But you don't have to stay there. It's a choice. If you get to be an adult and you're choosing to still uh, fulfill and and reintegrate on a daily basis that old indoctrination, that that ideology that no longer serves you, then you have to take responsibility for that because we live in a totally different state of awareness now. There are too many people who are showing up as the light, bright people that they are. And so if you're sick of the darkness and if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, then it's up to you to tap into what is going to propel you in the opposite direction that is going to be more intuitive. And by doing so, I would really suggest once again to all my listeners and the podcast subscribers, Kelly fits the bill for that. So I would be buying Kelly's book. I would be connecting with Kelly. And what is your email address, Kelly, and how can people reach you on your website? Oh, yeah. So if you go to my website, jkellyhoey.co, so J-K-E-L-L-Y-H-O-E-Y.co, there was, um, you'll find all sorts of information how to connect with me, but there is not one, but two contact forms. And I'll give you away a little secret. They come right to me. So go to the website, fill out the contact form, let me know how I can help you, and they will be right in my inbox. You know, and one of the the case studies, the roadmaps in Build Your Dream Network um, is my great pal, Valerie Crows, who, you know, I'm going to say she needed to find a new tribe of people to believe in her. She had a very, I mean, sometimes we have to find a new tribe because we're sitting in a, you know, a dark negative one. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's like, it is people who love and care for us so much, but they don't understand that new journey that we're on. And that was that was Verily's case. And she was on her way to being made partner at one of the big four accounting firms, and her heart wasn't in it. So she took a sabbatical, but she also joined a mastermind group because she realized her network didn't have, I want to say entrepreneurial women trying risky new things mm-hmm. um, that she needed. And so she joined a mastermind group. And as a result of that mastermind group, she not only had the courage um, and, and faith and belief in her own ideas of what she wanted to do, she had a community that was supportive. And she she knew she that she, how she could talk to her existing network and explain to them, I know you love me, I know you think this is crazy, but this is why I wanna do this. And she really had that courage to step out of, you know, a very comfortable, lucrative role Mm -hmm. into the unknown um, and and pursue it. Uh, So um, some of this, you know, when we talk about, hey, you, you know, you find your light, you may find your light needs a new environment to grow in. And so, you know, don't give up, you know, the, the network you have already, but realize you need some new people to help nurture and, you know, pursue your new idea or aspiration. Absolutely. So essentially, no different than real life. Sometimes you just need to change that light bulb, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
exactly. That plant ain't going to grow in the dark. Uh, That's but, right. But, but that, but the, you know, the, the, the environment you're in is either, you know, it's maybe supportive and, and you've got to realize that sometimes people are really hesitant when you want to pursue something new because um, they're scared for you. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe they've got um, their own hesitations for you are born out of their own frustrations with, yes. their, with their own life. And so, you know, honor that with them, but find an environment where, you know, you can succeed um, and know that those other people are only often doing things because they do love and care about you. But they bring, as you've noted, we all come with our own baggage and mm-hmm. they're bringing their own baggage. Absolutely. Well, and another way of, of citing that, too, is when somebody is passing on the torch or ta- passing on the baton, be cognizant and be discerning for whose torch and whose baton you're opting to then take into your own hands. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, right. Because absolutely. because people can be well intentioned and well meaning, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're on the same path that you are, where it's going to take you to the next level. So uh, this has been absolutely phenomenal. I can't thank you enough personally and professionally for everything you have brought to myself, to the listeners and to the podcast subscribers here today on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. I think you're a spitfire. You're a trailblazer. You're somebody that people should be taking note of. And, and clearly for everything I cited in the bio, that's already happening and it's happening at rapid momentous uh accelerated pace. So I just want to say congratulations again to you, not just on being uh, very successful and and doing the rest of us women a disservice in this space, uh, but I just want to say as a fellow human being and being cognizant of legacy and really, really being an anchor for other people and really giving other people the platforms and the opportunities in which to also equally shine. I want to say thank you because that's really what it's all about in terms of the human connection and you you embody that and you depict that every single day. So thank you personally and professionally from me to you, Kelly. Uh, and again, I want to say you're always welcome uh, to be re-interviewed as many people have here on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Uh, you've got a great message you're doing wonderful things. And this is the type of messaging that I want to only ever share and impart to the listening audience. So uh, to the listening audience, I want to say thank you once again for taking time out of your busy schedules, for connecting with myself and Kelly Hoey here today on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. I'm very exceptionally clear on my purpose, which is to uplift you to fear less and to live more. Until next Friday, I wish you all my very best. Love and gratitude. Take care. And thank you once again, Kelly. Hey, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio thanking you once again for taking time out of your hectic schedules to tune in to another fantastic weekly episode of Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald. Another shout out of wholehearted gratitude to Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald's corporate sponsors, Helton Honda, Forever, and Aha That. Your reviews, clicks, shares, downloads, feedback, and testimonials are always appreciated. Lisa's purpose and mission is to uplift you to fearless and to live more. To appear as a prospective guest on Living Fearlessly with Lisa McDonald or to connect with Lisa regarding her suite of products and services, you can reach Lisa at livingfearlesslywithlisa.com. And until next week, our fearless friends, this is Al Cole from CBS Radio telling you to be your own hero. Be your own hero, be your own leader, and be your own best friend.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.